There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, it's Rick Spence. I'm so excited to let you know that the Startup Women podcast, hosted by Startup Canada's Kayla Isabel, is returning to the Startup Podcast Network in a brand new format that really digs down into the challenges facing Canadian entrepreneurs. Beginning in March 2022, the podcast will air every month and feature a woman-identifying founder as well as an industry topic expert. These stories and voices will connect women entrepreneurs to knowledge, advice, and information that digs deep below the surface to help women entrepreneurs overcome the real barriers they face. We believe you'll find these episodes unique and inspiring. If you do, please share with your friends and business allies. You can hear new episodes every month at startupcan.ca. Under the Listen tab, click on Startup Women Podcast. But also, don't forget about me and my guests as we continue to explore every entrepreneur's personal and business journey. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode of the Startup Canada Podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear new stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Carmen Sandor. Carmen is the founder and CEO of Green Owl Vodka, one of Canada's only female-owned and led spirit brands. If you've never seen a Green Owl, it is Canada's first green tea-flavored vodka infused with green tea extract from Japan. Carmen started her career as a reporter for CTV News and TSN. Then she switched gears and started working at investment firm RPIA as a vice president on their client portfolio management team. Last May, she mixed her financial expertise, her entrepreneurial spirit, and her passion for clean ingredients all together to launch Green Owl Vodka. Carmen graduated from Penn State University with a Bachelor of Arts in Broadcast Journalism and Sociology, and she's a former professional tennis player and captain of the Penn State Varsity Women's Tennis Team. Carmen, welcome to the show. Hi. Nice to be here. Great to have you. The first question we always ask at the Startup Canada podcast is to just let our listeners know that they're going for some really interesting information and valuable information as they listen to our conversation. So what's the top piece of advice that you hope our listeners and fellow entrepreneurs will take away from our conversation today? Sure. So I think the biggest thing that I would, I would tell people is whatever industry or product, always be your own customer. That's a big one for me. I think creating Green Owl it really didn't start from the idea that we we're going to follow a trend. 
you look at 2022 matcha and green tea are some of the, you know, it's going to be one of the biggest trends coming up for this year. And that's just coincidence. Ultimately, <laughs> the product really started because I just enjoy drinking green tea. I enjoyed vodka and I thought, why not come up with something different? And it really is just important to be your own customer. And that's important from every aspect of the business, from customer service to product development, whatever it may be, put your shoes in the, put yourself in the shoes of the customer and what that's going to look like. Be your own customer. I love it. So are you telling me that no one else has ever marketed um, green tea infused vodka? Not in Canada. So we're the first one in Canada uh, to do it. And that's been interesting in itself. But ultimately, you know, we'll get into this. But for me, it's really just about creating a, a better vodka, less so, you know, being super focused on just the flavor. It's ultimately just a, a smooth, smooth vodka. Right, right. Now, you come from a background in, in, in sports and news and investment management. So what's it like to, to leave those spaces and step into the world of entrepreneurship? Sure. So... I loved my job in finance, <laughs> which most people, when they leave, you know, jobs and industries, they might not have that same sentiment. But for me, I really enjoyed working where I did. I worked with some really incredible people. Ultimately, why I wanted to leave, it was just a progression. I, I have always wanted to be on my own and start something on my own. And when I was working in finance, I took an interest in, in importing different kinds of alcohol into Canada. Um, and eventually I just decided to create uh, my own product. Once I got into the LCBO, I was actually still working in finance. So I was doing both, which is a unique story, I guess, in itself. Um, and leaving, leaving finance was, you know, I never thought I would. I really enjoyed working where I did. But uh, yeah, no one really can prepare you for, for what happens as an entrepreneur. It's a whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's the no salary deal working for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very different. You know, there's a lot of unknowns. Whereas when you do work for someone, no matter how challenging it is, there, there is that uh, team, team mentality that when you're an entrepreneur, you don't always start with oftentimes it feels lonely and isolating um, until you really can start building that team around you, which luckily I've been able to do now. But at the beginning, yeah, it, it was rough. <laughs> so, so, so you've been uh, uh, basically operating the business uh, full-time for less than a year, but you've accomplished a lot. You've, you, you're listed now uh, at the LCBO in Ontario, which is the largest single purchaser of alcohol in the world. And, and obviously puts you uh, totally on the map. Um, tell us a little bit about the company. Um, how many people do you have? What, what, what kind of facilities do you have? Um, what's the job that keeps you busiest? Sure. So right now we have a team of seven or eight people. Um, I mean, A, because we do use some contract work as well for some of our design stuff. But really you know, a core group of seven individuals that, that work on the brand and everything from marketing to sales to operations. When starting the company, um, you know, it was, it was myself and a couple of friends, as I mentioned, that imported the alcohol into Canada. Um, we did mezcal and tequila, and then the company has really progressed from there. So now we're only focused on green olive vodka which is, as you mentioned, in the LCBO in over 160 locations. So it's really scaled and it's grown. 
um, you know, as, as the company has, uh, had more time, we're learning more and more about our, our consumers and our demographic. And it surprises me constantly who really enjoys the product. Like I said, I create it for myself and, and now it's interesting to see all the different kind of people that are able to enjoy the product. Yeah. And what's the key to, to actually getting on the shelves at the LCBO and then to making sure that people are buying it. So, I mean, two very different uh, challenges. Yeah, it's funny. It's once we gone to the LCBO, everyone talks about what kind of hurdle that is, which undoubtedly it's extremely challenging to get into the LCBO. But to me, actually being able to sell the product and get consumers comfortable with a different kind of product has been has been more challenging, um, you know, branding and marketing as well as getting people outside of their comfort zone is not easy. So as hard as it was to get into the LCBO, actually being able to build brand loyalty and find new customers is also challenging, especially, you know, given that we're in the midst of a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, this is the thing about entrepreneurship is that every challenge, once it becomes an accomplishment, is followed by another challenge. So. Exactly, exactly. That celebration lasted, um, you know, and didn't last very long. Once we got into the store, it was all about getting, how do we position the product and how can we get as many people as possible trying it? That's really, you know, the key to our success. Right. I've got to ask you, do you do your own manufacturing or is that contracted out? So we work with a distillery in Vaughan, which has been great. Through this process, We've worked with so many different kinds of people in creating the recipe. I, you know, hundreds of iterations happen and, and taste testing. Um, and really, as a startup, it's so important to find those people early that are just best in class and are able to work with you and provide guidance. You can't know everything that's going to happen. That's impossible. But finding the right people with that experience has been super essential. And we're lucky that we found some really great partners um, from every aspect of, of the product. What have you learned about your clientele so far? Do you know who they are and why they're, what, why they're buying? Yes. Yeah, so it's really progressed. Like I mentioned, you know, uh, I initially, the product for me when, when creating it, it was really more about exactly knowing exactly what we did want so we wanted something light we wanted something fresh we wanted something that wasn't artificial versus some of the other flavored vodkas out there that are tend to be artificial and sugary and um it was really important that the vodka itself was very very smooth and um in the process of that i i just assumed you know all the customers would sort of be like me where i'm i'm into fitness i'm healthy um, I live that sort of balanced lifestyle where I, li- I like to have fun, but I also do enjoy, um, you know, being being healthy. But really, it's been different age age groups, um, which have surprised me. You know, it's not just people in their 20s and 30s that are enjoying the product. Um, so that's really been surprising. Uh, and yeah, it, it's it's been interesting. That's why it's so important, I think being an entrepreneur and going to every single or as many sampling events as I can, because I really start to learn who the customer is and who's enjoying the product. We talked about the difficulty of getting into the LCBO. Is there a trick to it or do you just have to be really, really good at paperwork? No, uh, paperwork, I don't think is, is, I think a lot of people can, can fill out paperwork. I think ultimately it's just about having a really good product 
that's first and foremost what I tell people. There is no secret sauce. There is no shortcut. When I applied or when we applied the product to be in the LCBO, I almost was naive about us getting in because I believed in the product that much and I believed in the branding that much. So I didn't really have that doubt that we wouldn't get selected. Um, It's only once I got through the process, which is, you know, a pretty long and layered process that we were in bars and restaurants doing samplings and people would ask where they can find the product. And when I told them that we were in the LCBO, they were always surprised just because they knew how hard it was. Um, But to me, I never had that, had that doubt. And it was almost, uh, you know, naively so. So, so, so what did it take? Because, yeah, I mean, I, I've never actually been through that process, of course. Um, But I thought it was pretty hard and you'd have to, do some pretty um, effective dancing to convince them that, yeah, if if they've got limited shelf space and they can't take every new brand that wants to come along. Of course not. Yeah. So for us, really the key to success was it is the first and only green tea flavored vodka in Canada, which is unique. It's an exceptionally smooth product, as I mentioned. So they do a a large taste test for, for uh, a a lot of the people at the head office, right. when selecting the product. So tons of people try the product before it actually gets selected and everything from the taste to the branding, to the marketing is all taken into consideration. And I think for us, what really stood out aside from the uniqueness of the actual flavor and the product is we also had a different kind of corporate leadership structure that other brands might not. When you think of all the big vodka brands out there, Um, You know, there's some big, big players in the industry and craft hasn't really happened in the same way in vodka as it has in maybe gin or other types of spirits. So for us, you know, being female led was was another great thing about the brand and also pushing this idea that we're making these this product in small batches. And that's what's really contributing to this to the smoothness of the product. Um, It's that attention to detail. Right. So Ontario obviously is is the biggest market in Canada, but do you have intentions of uh, getting into other provinces as well? Totally. So when I look at what's to come for Green Owl, definitely I I would say that growth is the biggest. Um, you know, it's the one word that I think of the most. So we want, really want to expand to, to BC. I think this product would do uh, well there, as well as Alberta, Quebec, and the rest of Canada would be fantastic for this year. Um, with plans to launch in the U.S. next year as well. Well, okay, that's a pretty, pretty good, agenda. <laughs> pretty bold agenda. I, I love it. That's that's what makes a great yeah. entrepreneur. Well, well, I think you know some really great advice I've gotten is it's okay to have big goals as long as you have really um, accurate and detailed ways of measuring how to get there. So yeah, those goals might seem large, but we have you know a pretty detailed plan as to how we can get there. And and if we're even a little far off, I think just going through that exercise takes us further than a lot of other brands might get. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. How has your experience in the financial world aided your journey as an entrepreneur and an innovator, if at all? So, yeah, it's, it was really amazing working where I did for, for two reasons. Firstly, it gave me the chance to really build on my sales skills, which is what I worked in um, within the industry 
And I think to me, having the ability to sell something and, and speak to people and understand consumers is incredibly important. So it gave me that opportunity. But then it also gave me the opportunity to really watch how a company can grow and scale. I started the firm and I believe I was the 16th employee. And by the time I left, um, it, it was over 70 employees. So I really watched a company grow and I watched how important it was to hire the right people and have be really strategic about planning. And I really watched some great leadership unfold while I was at the company. And I think I took all those things and I still apply those things to even things like the other day I had a discussion with my team about, you know, CRM system. Um, and I already had watched uh, one company sort of implement that and how they did it. And it helped me, you know, sort of learn which direction I want to head in. Things like that, that watching a company scale and grow, it was a really unique experience and and um it taught me a lot about about how to succeed i guess and i gotta ask you the flip side of that question is how does being a professional collegiate level tennis player <laughs> help because i bet it does yeah i mean it helps from the sense that when I grew up, when I was growing up playing tennis, repetition is so important and having that dedication is so important. So those are skills that have carried me, you know, been with me for throughout my life. Um, but it's also just the idea that you think of where you start and it seems so impossible to get anywhere at times. <laughs> you know, you pick up a tennis racket and you're like, how am I ever going <laughs> to hit a thousand balls over the net in a row but with practice you eventually get there and you sort of look back and you're and you think about the journey and it's it's been the same uh with green owl everyone has to start somewhere it's really easy to come up with reasons why you can't do something um but i think taking the first step is super important and not thinking of all the obstacles just thinking of the ways that you can make your goals um come to life is really really important right Tennis strikes me as a sport where, I mean, you're totally focused on beating one other person, unless you're playing doubles, I guess. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's this classic one-on-one, -on -one, almost like, you know, boxing or wrestling or something. Um, how does that affect being an entrepreneur when suddenly, um, you know, your challenges are so broad and widespread and you never know where the next ball is going to come from in front of you behind yeah. you yeah I mean yes you're focused on beating one person in tennis but it's less about beating the other person and learning how to be better yourself so if you can prepare and you can work on your game and be the best you can be ultimately if you go out there and perform your best you're giving yourself a good chance so it's really looking at you know what more can you do as a person, as an individual, as a player versus looking at your opponent? Because you can get to match time and your opponent can play really, really, really well. And there's sometimes just nothing you can do about that. But as long as you yourself have prepared and have put the time in and know the level of dedication you've had, you can still feel good about good about the game or the match. Right. Yeah. So I think it's taught, um, you know, tennis players learn to sort of focus on themselves and what they can do. And I think that's a really useful skill versus looking outward um, and what you have to compete against. And I think that's the best answer I've ever heard to a question I've asked. It's less about, it's less about beating the other person than becoming a better version of yourself. So 
I, I love that. I think that's tremendously significant in the entrepreneurial process. So thank you for that. I think we've broken new ground today. Maybe, <laughs> maybe old ground to a to a tennis player who. Wow, I love hearing that. Wow. <laughs> a, a tennis player who serves a thousand balls a day. It's old, old hat to you, but but new to me. Yeah. 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 So what what would you say is the biggest challenge that you've faced in building Green Owl Vodka? Totally. So one of the biggest challenges has been selling a unique and original product. Not everyone drinks green tea and getting people used to the idea that you don't have to really like green tea to like this product. It's really just a balanced flavor. So really that education process has been not... Um, easy. It's been challenging, but especially, you know, given the fact that, as I, as I said, it's been hard to do samplings in the stores because of the pandemic, the LCBO hasn't been uh, doing in-store samplings. So that's been challenging, but it's at the same time allowed us to come up with different ways of, of getting people to try the product. So we have a ton of sampling initiatives and events and things we're participating in that maybe otherwise we wouldn't have um, if we weren't in this situation. And it's really given us the opportunity to, to grow in a different kind of way. So that's been good. But yeah, I would, I would say really just sampling the product um, hasn't been as straightforward as it might've been a couple of years ago. Um, so that, that takes a little bit more time, but you know, we, I think now we have a really solid um, strategy in place that's going to help us move forward. So how have you been able to do that sampling? Is it an event strategy? Or? Yeah, so we do a lot of events. We do a lot of uh, partnerships um, with all sorts of different businesses, which has been really great. Um, restaurants and bars that carry the product have allowed us to go in and, and provide drinks to customers to get them to try the product. Even something like a hair salon we work with that has their liquor license, you know, we'll do a cocktail, a cocktail event with them. And it's so funny, you know, we take these opportunities and you just never know. And so many of those people have tried that product, our product within their hair salon have loved it and bought it and write feedback to us. So it's just, um, you know, things like that, that maybe we wouldn't have participated in had we been able to do the in-store samplings. We now do. And it's actually been a good thing in a way. Right. A hair salon with a liquor license. That saves, oh, it's great. That saves so <laughs> much time. <laughs> it's great. Killing two birds with one stone, right? <laughs> right. Is there anything that you've done in building uh, Green Owl that you wish you hadn't done? Was there, is there a mistake you can look at and say, man, I should have known better than that? Yeah, of course. A lot of little things, um, especially my background was finance and tennis, and it wasn't really the alcohol industry. So I created a product or that was for myself as a, as a consumer. So everything else about the alcohol industry, I've learned along the way. And with that, inevitably, you know, there's going to be some mistakes. So there have been a couple, I would say, working, uh, f I was still working full time as well as running the business was a challenge that maybe I wish I wouldn't have done. But in hindsight, it was also great because I, I worked at a firm I liked and continued to build those relationships. But yeah, there's been some, some hiccups here and there. Um, nothing is ever linear. But I think what's been really the best thing has been learning from a lot of other people within the industry. People are, have been very, very generous in terms of, um, you know, sharing their process and, and how they've progressed. And I've really 
been lucky to learn from some incredible people. And now I have, I have a, a lot of really great people I work with that have been able to, to help me continue to grow the brand. Carmen, you mentioned that uh, you had this idea of infusing green tea into vodka, but obviously there's a lot of ways to do that and different recipes. And you mentioned working with different recipes. So I'm wondering just what the process was to get the right recipe and make sure it was one that resonated with customers. Can you take us through that product development phase? Definitely. So it was almost working backwards. Once we looked at um, what I liked, you also can look at the market and a lot of other things on the market are, are citrusy or fruity sugary and those are all things that we wanted to stay away from so really learning and nailing down exactly what we wanted from the the flavor and how we wanted it to taste was important so i had an idea already you know it's important for it to be fresh it's important for it to be light it's important for even something like the smell of it not to be overpowering um you know so these are all components when trying different flavors that were important and really helped us narrow down what we wanted. Um, and then as well as the smoothness again, typically vodka burns. We've all been there where we've taken a shot and made a disgusted face. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily with green owl, that's not the case. Um, it's, it's turned out to be a really uh, smooth product. And a lot of the feedback we get from people is that they can enjoy it on ice or enjoy it in a clean green, which is just with some soda and lime. So it's a very um, smooth and light product. And that was the intention when creating it, looking at us was out there. That And what do people not like about vodka or not like about flavored vodka? So really learning from competitors was, was impor an important part of the recipe creation process. When you say learning from competitors, what does that mean? Would competitors actually talk to you? No, no. Learning from how, you know, what we do like and don't like from products that have already been on the market. Yeah. Right. And and were, were you actually doing consumer taste testing to get to the, 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 the final recipe? Yeah. I mean, once we had an idea of, a, you know, five or six different variations, um, we did a big sampling for family, friends, and we continued to narrow it down that way. Um, and it, luckily, you know, the recipe that ended up hitting home was one that everyone sort of picked right away. So it was pretty clear. And yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a learning curve since then too. We continue to think about how we can always be better. Uh, and I think that's, that's part of the process. It doesn't just end, uh, then and there, right? Does that mean that the, the taste will change? Will you, will you, uh, adjust the recipe going forward? I think it really just depends. For now, we're we're happy. Um, as we continue to do more and more sampling, it's always been interesting to hear consumer feedback. But uh, I think overwhelmingly, people really enjoy the flavor as is. It's also, um, you know, you can have different variations. So for us right now, it's a 35% uh, um, you know, it's in percentage the alcohol itself. So something like that, we might want to go lighter. It might not mean that we're changing the product. Maybe we'll come up with something different that's lighter, but ultimately we're really, really happy with this recipe for this product. And, and we're going to launch it across, as mentioned, across Canada and continue to receive feedback from customers. And that really helps um, us understand and drive the brand. 
Right. Are you familiar with the example of New Coke? No. What is that? No, it was before your time. Um, <laughs> back in the 80s, I think, Coca-Cola decided that uh, their, 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 their taste, they, they were losing ground to Pepsi, so they in, suddenly introduced um, a, a, a new f- formulation. And it was, a, I think, a sweeter type of Coke. I never could tell the difference, really. Um, but the new product bombed. And so they continued selling this thing called... So so instead of selling it as Coca-Cola, they quickly called it New Coke and then brought back Coke Classic, which was the previous formula. And then they let New Coke die. <laughs> oh, wow. Quite the um, branding and marketing strategy, right? Well, for the you know for the world's most successful consumer products company, it was a huge huge black eye. So it's just a, a good reminder uh, to to do these things very very carefully, but also always to, to always to have a backup plan. I don't think they had a backup plan. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. But, but... It, it worked well because sales of classic Coke went up afterwards when people realized they almost lost it. So... That's funny. So yeah, also a brand like that's iconic like that when you know they really some of those things um like classic coke you know everyone has had that experience with drinking it um so they do such a good job in their branding and and marketing to really touch on those emotions of consumers yeah exactly now the liquor industry is very male dominated you 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 mentioned uh, early on that you know a, a point of differentiation with green ale vodka is that it is female run and led. So, uh, um, wondering what the experience has been like for you breaking into a male dominated industry. I think because of, you know, my background having worked in previously and also another male dominated industry, it wasn't too much of a, a challenge. I think it's always really important to lean in for me. Being a woman is a, is a strength. So I lean into it. Um, I think, you know, the other thing that's been interesting is really mentioning and, and pointing out that less than 1% of liquor brands are female-led and owned, and yet, you know, women make an overwhelming amount of purchasing decisions. So really having that um, firsthand experience in creating a product as a woman has been beneficial, I think. Um, and something that's unique and different. So I haven't really seen it as a, as a challenge so much as, as a, as a really good, um, you know, asset almost. Right. Right. What's your ambition? Are you really hoping that people will go into bars and ask for green owl vodka? Um, are you hoping to sponsor the Super Bowl? <laughs> or the women's tennis all, tour who knows all of those things would be really really nice um to do of course one day th- that would be an amazing uh, thing to do but for now we really just take it as we're launching um as i mentioned in canon how can we get as many people to try the product and that's really what the focus has been doing those things um are super expensive. And for me, it's really just about growing brand awareness in a really authentic way. So I want, you know, we're going to be driving across the province uh, starting next month doing sampling uh, as well as the country, uh, you know, we're launching in BC in May. So things like that, just 
really making an authentic experience for the person that's trying the product and getting them to know the brand and understand the product. And that's really been the main focus. Um, but yeah, the Super Bowl. I mean, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> uh, do you have a, a, a customer persona in mind? Do you know who the target customer is? Yeah. So there's a couple. Um, you know, the I would say anyone that's looking for that balanced. Our, our ultimately, that's what our product is. It's it's a balanced product where you taste it, and yes, you could taste the vodka, but you could also taste the natural uh, flavor of it. So it's it's balanced product and that's sort of what our consumer is too a person that does like to enjoy going out and having fun um and letting loose but also at the same time does work and does work out and has that other side of their life um and i think more and more people are are that way now right and and how do you describe your business is it a vodka business a flavored vodka business a green tea extension business a, 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 a spirits business? Oh, what what business are you in? I believe I'm in the vodka business. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the flavored component um, to me, like I said, it, it it is green tea flavored, but it's also just a good vodka in general. So I really see it as, as a vodka company. Um, and the vodka itself is green tea flavored, of course, but uh, really we're, we're really trying to just be a vodka company and, and change people's perception of the category. Right. And do you have uh, uh, any vision for what other products you might be able to uh, bring out under that uh, identity as a company? There's always ideas floating around. Um, of course, you know, I love that component and I loved that process of creating the product, but ultimately it's one of those things where, okay, we've launched, we've launched green owl and we've, we have really good consumer feedback. So I think the focus is getting people to know the brand. Um, and then we'll see from there as more and more people understand and know green owl, if there's any other products in the pipeline. Um, but really for now, it's just been focused on, on launching and, and successfully, um, getting people to try the product, uh, green owl vodka. Right. And what, what, what is your, 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 your BHAG, the big hairy audacious goal behind this? Do, do you, do you want to be a, a liquor magnet to, do you want to be a serial entrepreneur and start all sorts of different things? Uh, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? That's so funny, that question, because, of course, you know, it's amazing to dream. It's part of, of it's part of the process. I think all entrepreneurs have that in them um, and just people in general. Right. It's it's great to have those big goals. But since starting this business, they have to say it's been one of those um, things where I know what I want for the brand the next year and the next two years, but I don't really see it as, um, something looking in 10 years down the road. I've been so focused on getting where I need to go, um, in that time span that I haven't really thought about the 10 year outlook because I think it's really, really important to take the challenges that are ahead and really excel at what's in front of, in front of me and then take it as is, um, versus, you know, saying, uh, of course, it'd be wonderful to have Green Owl all over the world and everybody know the product. And that's, of course, the goal. But really, what are the, the challenges right in front of me right now? And how can we um, successfully overcome those? And I think that's really where my focus has been. 
Okay. We've been talking with Carmen Sandor, the founder and CEO of Green Owl Vodka in Toronto. And uh, she's uh, dominating Ontario and now moving across the country. So it's an exciting story. Last question for you, Carmen. Do you have any more advice, any one piece of advice for uh, women entrepreneurs out there who may be wondering, hey, how can I do something like that? Sure. Um, I think the most important thing I can say is just start and just get going. Um, it's really, really easy to look at anything and just say off the bat, there's all these obstacles and all these challenges, everything from financing to look how competitive it is. You know, I've heard that a million times. You're in the most competitive category. Um, you know, like look at the big guys, how many millions of dollars they're spending on shelf space and bar placement and how am I supposed to compete? So I think when you, when, if you think of that, it, you can drown, right? Um, and it's really easy to not even start, but if you sort of look at what you're passionate about and what you want to do and just get going and just start and, um, enjoy the process and then you'll be surprised where you end up, I think. That's probably one of the greatest lessons I've learned in this process. That's great advice. Thank you so much. And I will never forget your response to my question about <laughs> the, 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 the comparison to, to playing tennis. Don't focus on your opponent. Focus on improving yourself, what you can do becoming better at what you do, becoming the best version of you. I, I love that advice. Carmen, thank you so much. Best of luck with Green Owl Vodka. We're all rooting for you and cheering you on. Thanks, Rick. I really appreciate you having me um, on the podcast today and uh, really, you know, loved your questions. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence. <laughs>